Welcome to Book Bridges, the podcast of WordBridge Now, igniting a passion for diverse literature through live online author meetups. Because words build bridges to unite. Book Bridges is brought to you by our partners at Lee and Lowe Books. I'm your host, Angie Beimer Johnson. WordBridge Now members gather monthly online to meet and to be inspired by diverse authors. It's like a book club with the author. What's coming up is just a taste of our full program with Guadalupe Garcia McCall, author of Echoes of Grace, blending the real, surreal, and supernatural through generational trauma and violence against women that Grace experiences through Echoes. Part mystery, part thriller, this book has the heart and nuances of Morrison's beloved. So I wanted to go ahead and share my slides and and take you to a journey of what I was thinking when I was writing Echoes of Grace. So it has been a very long journey, a journey that started in the early 2000s because there was, um, um, so I'll share the origin story. There was an incident in our neighborhood, in our community in South Texas. Um, where a mother, a young mother, was going to work. And she left her two-year-old child um, with her sister on the porch. And somehow the child got away and he was in an accident and he did not survive the accident. It was a horrible incident. It was something that moved my community in ways that I can't even begin to express to you. But one of the things that happened is that my son came home this, that my sons came home from college and it had been a few days since it had happened and they um, had gone to school there in that community. So they didn't necessarily know the girl, but they knew of her, of the two sisters because they were sisters. And my son said, mom, did you hear what happened? And I told him, I didn't just hear about it. I can't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking of why things like that happen to us, to young women who are doing everything they can to survive in the world. That young woman just wanted to give her child a better life and she was going to work. And it really broke my heart. And I kept going on and on all day about it. And I would say things like, where were the government agencies that could have given her money so that she could could have given her child the opportunity to go to a daycare center or somewhere? Where are the social organizations? And I kept thinking and I kept telling my sons, they are underfunded and understaffed. That's the problem. The money is going into crazy things that we don't need in this world and the things we need to support our young people, to support especially young mothers who may be single, who have children to take care of. That is where we need the money. So we have a broken system. And I just kept going on about it. And so by the end of the day, my my son looks at me and he says, Mom, I'm really worried about you. Why are you so upset about this? And I said, I'll tell you why I'm upset. I'm upset because I was not one but both of those girls. When I went to college, I was the mother that left my child with my sister. 
And while she went to college, she left her child with me. We traded spaces. We would go to the, you know, we would walk all the way to the university from our, our little house, a little apartment that we were renting. We would put the children on a blanket on the floor in the student center, feed them both of those children. And then we would take turns going to class. And that's how we were able to survive. That's how we were able to change our stars. But because we only had each other, that's all we could do. And I can still remember my sister who would put her skinny little arm around my neck and she would kiss me hard the way she always does. And she would say, take care of him and be careful because if something happens to him, I will gut you like a fish. And I was like, thank you very much for that horrible image. But I knew what she was saying. That baby was her life. And she couldn't imagine leaving him. And the only person that she could trust him to was me. How many times I asked myself that day when this happened, did I take my nephew's life into my hands? Because the organizations were not there, because the programs were not there, because I was a, a, a parent. I wasn't a single parent. My father, my husband was with us, but we were struggling students, impoverished as we were. We were struggling through it and plowing through it. But nobody should have to go through those times. Nobody should have to suffer like that. The other thing that really resonated with me or that stuck with me is I kept thinking about those sisters as much as uh, Virginia my sister Virginia and I love each other how would I have made it up to her if something had happened to her child how would I have come back to sisterhood how could I have come back to love and what how do you ask for forgiveness so these are questions that were just rolling around in my brain and I was I guess traumatized by the experienced because it hit so close to home to see these two young Hispanic women suffer so much. And so I started um, getting visions from Grace. First Grace came and she just kind of sat in the space with me, didn't say much. And when she would turn around and she would offer me an image, a caterpillar that died in my hands and desiccated and became nothing. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And so I started writing the images that she gave me. She would give me little bits of dialogue. And so I started writing all these bits and pieces, right? And putting them in a folder because I knew that she was trying to tell me something. And I knew there was a story there. I just didn't know what it was yet. So I put them in a folder on my computer called Grace Fully Letting Go. Because I kept hoping that she would come back and she would let go of her pain and she would offer her story to me so that I could share it with the world. Because that's the only thing I know how to do when I see people in pain. I try to get their stories and I try to validate them on paper for them. And so the book is not just about this one particular incident and the social injustice that that I feel is behind it, but it's also about generational trauma uh, and the generational trauma we've had to suffer from 
many, many uh, generations before us, the things that that we feel deep in our DNA, uh, you know, those fears, those things that we go, what is that? Why am I afraid right now? Why am I walking in the dark and, and looking around? And why am I so afraid? Well, because we've had we've had to carry the trauma. We've had to carry that burden of what it feels like to be a woman in our society. And so as I dug deeper into the story, it became more than just that one trauma. It became about all the traumas that women faced, including um, the our rape culture and violence against women. So the two biggest um Social issues that I'm talking about or that I'm addressing in this book are generational trauma and violence against women as um, as we see it still so prevalent in our in our culture. The many unanswered questions that is like the what is driving the story. The first is, what are these echoes? What happened to Grace when she disappeared for a whole week? three years ago. Uh, what happened to their mother? Who killed her and why? Because they lost their mother when they were very young. And then why, why are these ghosts so, suddenly appearing and manifesting themselves in the echoes that Grace has? And, and what do they want? What, why are they suddenly here? Why did this particular trauma um, bring them all out of the woodwork and literally plague her through the rest of the of the novel so that's what's driving the story and of course I didn't know all of this when it first started but it certainly came to light as as we moved on so the themes of this book um is gender-based violence and it calls attention to the abuse, the exploitation, the femicide that is happening, not just in our country, but in Canada and in Mexico and especially along our borders. And not just to, to Mexican Americans, but to all women and especially women of color, including indigenous women. It's happening all over the place, places like Tijuana and places like Juarez. And we need to think about those things and we need to ask ourselves, how are we going to make this a better world? Um, how are we going to create laws and statutes that protect women of all races, of all colors, of all social and economical backgrounds and cultural backgrounds too? So we need to think about that. And so this book for me is a call to action. Um, but it's also um, about sisterhood and community and love, which are the redemptive things in our world, the things that can really bring us close, the things that we can anchor ourselves, our, our social justice issues onto. And we can say, look, we can build sisterhood. We can build community. We can build love in families together and make this time a time of warmth and security and blessedness for all. Thanks, Guadalupe. That was beautiful. Um, I just finished the book last week and hearing that scene again, I, I just wanted to fangirl for a second and say, uh, <laughs> as someone who is deeply affected, like I'm super empathetic. I feel like the way that 
you wrote that scene was powerful and like you said it wasn't it wasn't graphic um it got the point across so i definitely appreciate that a uh, question yeah yeah a question we have in the chat is are echoes something that is in the latino culture or is this a device from your imagination i think the 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 concept of echoes to me is that echoes are our memories the things we carry with us but not just the memories of things that we experienced but things that we've lived through with friends things that we've seen on television and in movies that resonate with us that stay with us and even the things that we don't understand like when we are in a situation and we are all of a sudden trembling and scared and we don't understand and we start imagining the worst thing that could happen to us right this minute all of it is our echoes it's our it's our generational trauma echoing through our lives and we carry it i really firmly believe that we carry it in our dna and we carry it because it's a form of protection i'll never forget it i was teaching at the university and uh, one of the really difficult scenes came to me and i was actually going up the stairs to my office and i and the vision was so strong the echo was so strong that i had to grab onto the railing and sit on the on the steps and just let it pass through me and experience it and write some notes and then go to my office and cry and write the rest of it down okay question it says i know you said you let go of the book once it's published but do you envision that mostly women read this book or do you think any gender might read it and do you have a hope for who will read this book i hope everyone who needs help will read it if you wish you'd been here with guadalupe to ask questions of your own during the full program become a member at wordbridgenow.com Join the conversation with our upcoming authors. See the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Guadalupe Garcia McCall and to our partners at Lee and Lowe Books. In the spirit of words as bridges, take care. <laughs>